We're kicking it. We're kicking We're back. it. Live. Live. October 4th, 2017, episode 8. No, sorry. Season 8, episode 12. Yep. So easy to confuse those. Hi, Hi, Matt. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you really? Well, yes. Because hey, this is a, um, what do they call that? It's um, a teaser. It, we had a teaser last week, two it's weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. You were... Um, I had a suspicious rash. Actually, yeah. I had two of them. <laughs> and I was either, this is ringworm or Lyme disease. <laughs> So I talked to a medical professional. Yes, yeah, you did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. As, as opposed to just going on yeah. Google Med or Google MD. You didn't show me. Well, I, I didn't want to see it. No. Nobody wants to see we're that. We're not that close. No. <laughs> but it sounds like we are. <laughs> but we're not. Should we tell the audience a little bit about this week's special edition of the Soybean Pest Podcast? Yeah. This is not only the big reveal about your diagnosis. But also, we're using for the first time headphones. Yeah. Big shout out to <laughs> Rob Kibbe. We did a face to face. He's a big time podcaster in Ames. He has a couple different podcasts. And we went to go see a setup because we want to make our podcast sound a little bit better. And and now it sounds a lot better to us. Well, now we can hear what we're doing. If nothing else, we're going to start using some headphones. Mm. So okay, if you're out there listening, give us some feedback. Do we sound better than we, we usually do? Maybe not so much the content, but yeah. the, the yeah. volume control. Content will work on next year. <laughs> <laughs> right now, just technical difficulties we're yeah, trying we're to overcome. We're specialists. I mean, we're trying the best we can. Yeah. We have a literally zero budget. So, yeah. I mean, we're doing what we can. Just headphones. Put some headphones on. To be fair, mine aren't even, as you pointed out, real headphones. Yeah, they just they're my iPod. Earbuds. Yeah. They work. Sure. It's working. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So and do you have a fit for us? I do. Okay. I do have a fit. And then, uh, so we're going to get your diagnosis. We're going to have a fit, fun insect trivia, and other. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Okay, so the big reveal. Okay. Let's, the, the setup is uh, you had this weird rash, looked like Lyme disease. It was a bright red rash, and circular bullseye. You went in. Wasn't sure if it was a skin thing mm. or maybe something a little bit more serious. A little deeper. A little yeah. deeper, deeper than skin deep. Yes, deeper than skin deep. So I went. Let me just say this right now. What? You look good. Thanks. You look healthy. Thanks. I don't <laughs> look like I have facial paralysis. <laughs> okay, that's good. I was afraid of that. Well, you know, that is one of the signs or symptoms. Yeah. Is facial paralysis. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those that go on for like 50 pages on it, oh, side effects. Oh my god. Of oh my people god. with Lyme disease, but um, yeah. So I went to the doctor. She looked at it for about two seconds, and it was like, oh yeah. Oh. Classic. Now that's a visual inspection. Yeah. That is not confirmation that right. you've got the was it rickettsia? The bacteria. That yeah. that is actually the disease causing agent. Yeah. That's uh, right. So she said uh, I had, had two of these bullseyes. She said very classic. Mm. Um, and that her recommendation was to go on antibiotics right away. Oh. So yeah. I guess there's a. I can't remember the name of it, but there's an antibiotic that they use for vector bacteria, mm. like Lyme disease, and to choke a couple of those down <laughs> twice a day for about two weeks. Did you coat it in peanut butter? And- <laughs> That's what I do for my dogs, but no, it wasn't that bad. I mean, if it works for the dogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do like peanut butter, but yeah, um, yeah she said you might not feel good. You might get oh. headaches, joint oh. pain, muscle pain, tiredness, and I'm like, that just sounds like every day to me. 
So I was like, how do I know if it's muscle pain because, you know, I just went a little bit too gung-ho on my workout or if it's the Lyme disease. Yeah, yeah. She said, well, it just persists for many days. Oh. So she said, you know, hopefully you got it early because I was exposed about three weeks before that. Wait, so the, the back up a second because yeah. now you are, you're truly an expert. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you've lived it. Yeah, you're you're living I'm it. Living it. I'm living think. it. Yeah. So, you get the bite from the tick. Yeah, from so the deer tick. Thing. I didn't, I didn't know of any, like tick attachments mm-hmm. on me. I we're, never, I saw ticks on me, but never attached to my skin. And we're going to talk more about our tick expert here. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Smith. Mm-hmm. But, but re- recapping the 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 story so yeah. far. At some point, you got bit by a deer tick. You don't know the day. You don't know the time. I know when I found ticks on me, so I know when I was around ticks, oh. but not attached to me. Yeah. But, did you did you identify them as deer ticks? Well, see, that's the thing. I'm a, I have like three lashings that I deserve as an entomologist because, oh, yeah, no. should I have collected and saved them and, and done some ID? No. I just picked them off and threw them. You know, I didn't Aaron. bother oh. to... Because they were just on me. They weren't attached. And I'm like, get off me, you know? Oh, right, right. And so they were very tiny. Okay. And so yeah, I, that's, I assumed that's... that they were nymphs of some kind, but I don't know for sure what species because I picked them off in the field. You know, yeah. I was just like throwing them off me. I didn't. But I think my understanding is deer ticks are much smaller yes, than dog ticks. they were very small. Yeah. Oh. And you thought, hey, I got it. I got it off. No problem. Yeah, because it's not like it was, you know, like an engorged right. tick feeding for a week on my back or something like that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you're a healthy human being. You got plenty of blood to spare. If it, if it bit into you, I mean, I'm assuming I, you're delicious. If it had been attached, I definitely would have had red flag, yeah. like the spidey sense, yeah. flared up, but it didn't. Yeah. So that happens. You had this encounter with some ticks. Yep. And then when did you see the mark? I mean, the what I, what I thought at first were mosquito bites showed up right away. Um, but I react mm-hmm. to mosquito bites, mm-hmm. you know, kind of red ra- raised welt mm-hmm. right away. But it wasn't until about two weeks after the exposure that it turned into a bullseye. Like it got really big. Two weeks. And that's that's the sign of the disease. So That's the sign that the, the bacteria right. has entered your blood. Oh, it's in your yeah. blood. Yeah. You're like a vampire now. Ooh. Oh, you're going to become even paler. Oh, is that possible? <laughs> you're going to see all my organs. Gonna, you truly will. <laughs> Translucent. Yeah. You truly will, you know, engulf in flames when the sun hits you. Yeah. So it for our one listener, yeah. if you haven't seen her, she's I a redhead. The one on my back was about, you know, three inches in diameter. Wow. Pretty red. Wow. My husband totally was joking. He's like, I think you have Lyme disease. And I'm like, what? Because I didn't know. Mike. Was, yeah. Mike identified so it before. He did an early wow. detection. Yeah. Good Mike. Good on you, Mike. So, um, yeah, but, you know, just doing a little bit of homework, you have to, the ticks have to be feeding for about 36 to 48 hours before they can vector the bacteria. Oh, So, gross. yeah, I missed it. Yeah. I mean, wow. is it oh. ironic? I, I don't know. That is, that is creepy. Well, probably, probably what happened is you saw the immediate ticks. That's somebody driving away from you now. They want nothing to do with you. <laughs> this disease woman. and headphones are very good. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, you got bit by these... Cri- well, at first you saw them, yeah. and probably there was one still crawling yep. up a pant leg or something, and yep. it got you. Man, that's that's mm-hmm. disturbing. Yeah, so anyway, so smash I, cut to, you know, 
visit the doctor and she said there's no test that you can do right now so close to an exposure to get a positive confirmation of Lyme disease. There's only tests that you can do kind of later on to confirm antibodies and stuff in so your blood. to confirm that your body is responding to the rickettsia mm-hmm. that was injected into your blood by the tick. Yeah, so she said, like, if uh, you get a fever, if you get XYZ, come on back. And I think I would have to do more antibiotics. But um, I've been off them for about a week, and I feel fine. I don't, I mean, I guess, like you said, like my face does not look to be more abnormal than it usually uh. is. So uh, I think... Your face Early is fine. detection was key was here. You have to be vigilant. Yeah. Well, the big thing, I mean, so we're in Iowa. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, so Lyme disease comes, the name comes from the city, right? In yeah. in the East Coast, mm-hmm. in New Hampshire, where it was uh, first reported. And it's been slowly moving across the United States. Yeah. And for the longest time, I thought we were fine. We're outside of the range of Lyme disease for North America, but... That may not be the case. And I remember um, having this discussion with our former medical entomologist, Lyric Bartholomew, that you know, reports of Lyme disease in Iowa were often people who picked it up somewhere else mm. on vacation. Okay. Then they get that mark, which, as you mm. described, comes much later. And unsure where they got it from and thinking, oh, did I get it when I was out walking around and you know, Mun Woods or at a park in yeah. uh, in uh, in Iowa because we have a healthy deer population. You know, we're known for you know all the deer that we have and the deer hunting that goes on. So it's not as if we don't have deer, but the both the deer tick and then the disease uh, in the tick is not something that we were known for. Mm-hmm. But we talked to Ryan Smith, our current medical entomologist here at Iowa State University, and. I take it you talked to him longer than I did. Well, I just said is... is I would hope you did. Yeah, I, I, I asked him if there is a, uh, a website for activity for current Lyme disease and even West Nile virus sometimes mm-hmm. because he does that tick and mosquito surveillance. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if the, a website would be available publicly to look at uh, activity as far as confirmations. And so he gave me a few links. And at the time, I guess it was early September, there were about 200 cases of Lyme disease in Iowa this year this year yep. 200 wow wow I think that's pretty pretty typical he said of the last couple of years last couple of years yeah. so it has picked up some yeah I think some, it is quite a and, while yep and he shared a paper with me that Lyric is a co-author on saying exactly with him that. pardon with Ryan no not or, with Ryan but it had uh, co-authored by a few other people like uh-huh. John Oliver oh yeah former that, graduate uh, of ISU yep and he's up, up at the University of Minnesota now. Yeah, now faculty. And it, it said that the People really tick- do win when they get degrees. <laughs> he said that, the paper said that the number of, the incidence of ticks in Iowa is increasing uh-huh. and the number of of infected ticks is increasing. And so, um, oh, yeah, like man. you said, deer are up. They, you know, ticks like to feed on deer, obviously. And so. This is like one of our more depressing, um, kind of disturbing, given that you're suffering. Well, now, I was going to say suffering from the disease. Are you suffering? Have you had the fever? Have you had any different? So I don't know if I'm just lucky enough that I caught it early. Mm -hmm. That all I had was kind of a crazy couple of rashes. And if that's it, that's great. I hope I don't suffer any long term effects, like joint muscle, like headaches, that kind of thing. So, so far it's all okay, but I am kind of keeping an eye on it. Well, you seem to be doing well. Yeah. I, I was shocked when you revealed this because yeah. 
again, the it's only been recently that Lyme disease has become and become as common as what Ryan and yeah. Lyric and others have described, mm-hmm. at least for Iowa. Mm-hmm. Oh man, any other things we want to add to that kind of sad detective story? <laughs> uh, no, just be vigilant. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in an mm-hmm. area with ticks, it's not too crazy to collect the ticks. Um, you know, go to a doctor if you think you have a bite or a rash that looks a little bit weird. Um, I think they're more inclined to be proactive instead of reactive with this, so you don't have long-term effects. So um, when in doubt, see a medical professional. Hmm. Well, now the medical professionals hopefully are aware that this is a possibility for their patients in Iowa. Yeah. So, And if not, hey, have them queue up our podcast. Yeah. They can hear all about this. One of those go-to type files. Yeah, maybe we could include the link to the the manuscript that yep, you talked about and some of the other websites. Yep. Sounds good. So we put that one to rest, yep. although you were. Hopefully we never have to talk about me again. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next time you get some insect vector disease. Oh, gosh. Ah, hey, you're going to go down to Costa Rica sometimes. They have Charles. malaria there? Yeah, uh, they, have, ugh, huh. they have a lot of things. Can't wait there. to hear. Zika? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Chickengunya. <laughs> bone break? I don't know. I think that's... I haven't heard of bone break. Bone break. Is that what it's called? I think that's... Yeah. Brittle yeah. bones, yeah. Because it feels like all feels your like bones you, are breaking. You won't die, but it feels like you want to. Oh. I think that's what Donald Lewis would say. Oh, my God. Can we... Maybe we should change the subject. Yeah. It's getting kind of low. Yeah. So... Um, you have a fit for us, Matt. A fun insect trivia. Yeah, you know, keeping in the theme of uh, detection, detectives and ratiocination, and um, I wanted to bring up a fun insect trivia related to a recent visitor to Iowa State, Jeffrey A. Lockwood. Jeffrey Lockwood is uh, an entomologist, not by birth, by training, and has had a successful career uh, studying insect pests and of rangeland, mostly grasshoppers. Came up with a brilliant method uh, with several of his colleagues for managing rangeland grasshoppers that resulted in successfully keeping the loca- the catap- uh, caterpillars, the uh, grasshoppers down while reducing the amount of insecticide mm-hmm. used to do that. And while he was... Um, building his career and his name as an entomologist, he was also exploring his passion for writing. And since, um, well, since his career um, has kind of taken off, he's the author of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine books now and growing. Starting in um, 1988, Biology and Recommendation for Use of Nosema Lacosta Canning, a Biological Control Agent of Grasshoppers, He's gone into such things as the ethical issues of biocontrol mm. in 1997. 2002, Grasshopper Dreaming, Reflections on Killing and Loving. Locust, The Devastating Rise and Mysterious Disappearance of the Insect that Shaped the American Frontier. More uh, philosophical. Yeah, and more recently, um, a little bit broader, um, in 2009 he published uh, Six-Legged Soldiers, Using Insects as Weapons of War. And uh, in 2013, The Infested Mind, Why Humans Fear, Loathe, and Love Insects. Yeah. Yeah. So That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting guy. I got a chance to sit down and talk with him and um, uh, really, um, you know, 
you think of entomology and entomologists as being very focused on one thing? Yeah. I mean, one thing that happens to cover most of our planet and responsible for most of the diversity of our planet, but still one thing, you know, insects. But he's uh, thinking much more broadly now, and his appointment has changed. He's no longer just a pr- professor of entomology. He's a professor of creative writing and philosophy. Oh, okay. University of Wyoming. Um, and he came and gave a talk as part of our entomology seminar, and here comes the big fun insect trivia. So his latest book is called Poison Justice. It's a detective novel. Ooh. Yeah. Is it fiction? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is fiction. Um, And uh, it features a murder of an ecology professor in San Francisco. And the case is um, explored by Riley, the exterminator. I'm sorry, not the exterminator. Riley, an exterminator whose business extends to two-legged pests. So here's a fun insect trivia for you. Okay. Um, Lockwood's an entomologist. This detective novel is first in what is the Riley mystery series. Uh, has a nod to a very famous actual entomologist. Who's the entomologist? Hall. Hall. Why do you say Hall? He's a. I think he's a forensic entomologist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, forensic entomology being in the study yeah. of insects. I he got into like more of the fictional world, but maybe not. Yeah. No. Um, no, uh, okay. it's not that indirect. Okay. But but good call because forensic entomology, the use of the insects that are found on uh, bodies, dead bodies, is is part of the the novel and part of some of the selections he read. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit more direct. Mm. So the n- name of the character is Riley. Like C.V. Riley? Ah, C.V. <laughs> Riley. Okay. Look at you. You're so good. See, I got to come up with it. The main games. Yeah. So who's C.V. Riley? Oh, Aaron. Man. He's so many things. He, he's he is the father so many of things. like 10 things, isn't he? If you go oh. back in etymological history. That guy's amazing. Charles Valentine Riley. Yeah, and C.V. Um, Riley is, um, was the first state entomologist for the state of Missouri. And uh, he studied plagues of grasshoppers that invaded the Western United States from 1873 to 1877. Uh, but m- probably more famously, if you're going to know C.V. Riley, is that he's often considered uh, one of the first practitioners of biological pest control. And some have even said he's the father of biological control, or at least a form of biocontrol called classical, or now importation biocontrol. He was the one who was responsible for the um, management of cottony cushion scale by bringing over lady beetles from Australia, the native range of the cottony cushion scale, and releasing them in California and then bringing the scale under control. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, responsible for um, grafting American grapes onto grapes in France to mm-hmm. help um, manage phylloxera there. Yes. And received the French Grand Grand Gold Medal um, and became a member of the Legion of Honor there in 1884. Way to go, CV. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, I mean, you know, for entomologists, it's kind of a nice nod to probably one of our best detectives in terms of solving mysteries. Mm -hmm. Like, where did all these scales come from and how do we get them under control? Mm -hmm. Um, And in, in 
talking with Lockwood in his uh, his reading of Poison Justice, he went into some detail about why he thinks applied entomologists, especially those that deal with pest management in the way that we do, are really um, closely related to um, the detectives of noir, you know, the the detective movies and um, you know and novels that you know sort of burst on the scene after World War II and thinking about how they're kind of flawed heroes that are dealing with the world and the world's terms and often dealing out justice that uh, involves somebody dying it's it's an interesting thing thing to think about I never thought of myself as a detective like yeah. even like a yeah. crop detective or yeah. something like that but now I'm going to have to get a better mustache because, like, they all have pretty cool mustaches. <laughs> and uh, probably need a uh, overcoat, you know, yes. and a hat. Yes. Smoke cigarettes. Definitely. And, I'm going to have to pick up some smoking habits. Yeah, yeah. drink some scotch. Mm-hmm. And as he pointed out, you know, in all the tropes that are associated with the noir detective, it always ends with a dame. Mm-hmm. Mm. We should we should get a copy of Poison Justice and pass it around the lab. Book just club for, just for something fun to Book read club. for once. Yeah, because yeah. we're always like heavy into methods and materials, yeah. results and discussion. You know, it'd be fun to read yeah. uh, something like this. He's got a you know I, I listed a few titles. Yeah. In it. Uh, Lockwood's got some interesting stuff, and he's been featured on um, other podcasts and other radio programs. Radio Lab. He was featured in um, for one of his essays about empathy, and. Um, his interests go beyond entomology, but yeah. what, but I think that's interesting because one of the things he kept coming back to is science is good sco- storytelling. And yeah. look, at people are knocking on the door. They want to get in on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, if you could send me that, I will post uh, like a bio yeah. of, of Dr. Lockwood. Uh, um, I'll send you the, to, the Wikipedia yeah. uh, for yep. uh, Lockwood. And probably for probably should do that for C.V. Riley as well. Yeah, let's do that. So people can look and find out more about the godfather of biological control. He's on like every Linnea Games yeah. series. He's he's the answer to a couple questions. When in doubt, C.B. Riley or Snodgrass. And, and the thing about C.B. Riley, uh, can I be honest with you? Please. Dude is such a hipster. You should see the picture is of him. Is he a Mac Daddy? He's got the, uh, the curly hipster? Q mustache Ooh, that all the, the kids Another and all the hipsters are rocking. Oh my God. It's fantastic. Great hair. Very good hair. I need to get a better hairdo. Mm. But we're just happy that you're healthy right now. I have hair? Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of the symptoms of. <laughs> no, but isn't that one of the side effects of most medications, uh, like hair loss and yeah. like just dry skin? So that's a pretty good episode. Oh, gosh. We've given people so much. I love the fit. Nice yeah. one, Matt. Thank you. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. That's, I feel good now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, any upcoming events? Well, we're uh, we are slowly forming the agenda for ICM conference. It's uh, mm-hmm. the biggest event that the crops team puts on. It's the 29th and the 30th of November. Registration should be open very soon. Uh, Crop Advantage is also well on its way. I think the dates and uh, the agendas have been set. That's a 14 location program that happens all throughout January. I think I've been committed to at least half of the events that I know I can remember offhand so yes the extension winter season is kicking off I just got invited to the Indiana Tri Society kind of like their version of crop event or their version of the ICM oh girl you're on your way well I I spoke there a number of years ago so I think 
I mean, just like we do for our ICM conference, we like to bring in mm-hmm. some fresh meat because people get used to How about a fresh voice? Yeah. Fresh meat sounds a little a fresh voice. Objectified. Like um, just to hear different perspectives of what's going on in the Midwest. Yeah. So I'll be traveling out there uh, in December. Rock it. Yeah. Take the show on the road. Yeah. Excited. So if I Pretty have any good. Indiana, if we have any listeners out there. Where is it at? Is it in Indianapolis? Or something. I don't know. How, it's I not in Indianapolis? It's Indianapolis. It is? Yep. You know what? Um, uh, who is a basketball player? Jason. Uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was one of the Fab Five. Um, oh, man. Oh, no. Anyway, he was. Uh, he played for the Pacers. You want me to like meet up with them or something? No, his oh. nickname for uh, uh, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose's nickname for Indianapolis when he played for the Pacers. Nap City. Because <laughs> it's so lame. Oh, no. Uh, I am going to be there for one night, so I, would, I will make the most of it. I'll try yeah. to stay awake. I, I'm, you know, he's... Nap City. Nap City. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your time in Nap City. <sighs> okay. Try to wake him up. Yeah. Tell them about your Lyme disease. So to wrap up, you can always find us uh, by um, Googling the soybean etymology. Yep. Uh, Aaron is on Twitter, constantly giving out the tweets, at Aaron W. Hodson, all one word. Hey, if you want to reach us, and I know you do, you could email us at O'Neal, O-N-E-A-L, at iestate.edu, spelled like Shaquille, O'Neal like Shaquille. And Aaron W. Hodson's email is E-W-H at iestate.edu. Please. Please subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. We're going to come back next week because uh, I'm going to talk about an upcoming gig I've got in Iowa City. Okay. Talking about um, crazy insect-themed coffins. Awesome. Yeah. That yeah. sounds amazing. All right. Okay. Cue the outro music. Okay. Till next time. See you.